Bruce Newberry. The food dude. Well, there is lots of great pizza within sound of my voice. As you know, and we've talked about it at length, I found a new pizza in an unlikely place. We're at Neon, at Neon Marketplace with Elise Babby. Elise, nice to see you. Nice to see you. This is great to be here, and it's so exciting because we are on the the doorstep here of rolling out an exciting new pizza. Yes. So right now, I like to say that square is the new black. Yes. At Neon Marketplace, we opened with a round pizza, and we are completely transforming and transitioning to a unique style of square pizza. And this is going to be our neon signature. Um, It's almost a hybrid between a Sicilian and a Roman. It's a 9 by 13 inch pie It's fluffy, and it gets proofed for about seven hours. We use dough balls that are locally made in the New England area, and um, our staff here takes the dough balls and proofs them in pans. They bake them off and then finish them in our brick ovens. We have some certified pizza pros in our stores, and they're the only ones who are allowed to use the ovens to make sure that your pizza is prepared perfectly every single time. Yeah, and now you may have a picture in your mind of a square pizza, and there are a lot of great square pizzas around. This is different. As Elise says, this is proofed. It rises. This has uh, some height to it, and it is just a gorgeous 9 by 13 square pizza This one here is half cheese and half pepperoni. The pepperoni is perfectly cooked. It is cupped. The cheese is is melted. But don't get this confused with other square pizzas. This is a conventionally made sauce and then cheese and then pepperoni into the oven. And uh, it's a conventional pizza oven. Yes, so it's um, we actually cook this between two ovens. The first cook happens in a conventional oven. The second is a brick oven, open flame, something that you might see at um, a, a New Haven style pizza cooked in. Um, and over what wood, coal? Um, we it's it's a gas burning oven. Um, it does have wood and coal capabilities, but we keep it standard gas. But the key is those extremely hot bricks that we're throwing the pizza onto. And that's what's giving it that delicious, irresistible crisp on the bottom. And even though to sight, it looks like a very thick pizza, when you bite into it, it should be light and fluffy like a cloud and then just finishes with that delicious crisp. And that's what makes our pizza unique compared to a standard Sicilian style. Um, I think that this has a crunch. It really is unique. Yes, we're really trying to create a pizza that is unlike anything else. It pays homage to some of the classics, but it's a reflection of New England and the community here. And it really, really does. It eats so well. And keep in mind that we're in a place of convenience. This is neon that is well built for convenience so you have this great pizza but it suits your time frame and your lifestyle i mean you can come in here go through the drive through and get this great pizza yes so at neon we really want to break the mold of what the consumer thinks a convenience store or gas station is you might have a consumer that wants Starbucks in the morning, maybe orders Panera for lunch at the office, and then grabs something from a restaurant on their way home. But we want um, Neon Marketplace to fulfill all of those needs and satisfy the price point and the quality of food. Yeah, and so pizza is just the start. There are some other wonderful things that uh, you're going to hear about as we go along here. And uh, this pizza is going to be available at all Neons? At our Neon Marketplace stores. We also have Neon Express locations. They do not offer pizza, but they offer other craveable options like fresh-made sandwiches and salads. Excellent. Uh, This is really great, and it's uh, so great to be here at Neon with you. So congratulations on this pizza. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit of the uh, whys and wherefores of Neon Marketplace with none other than our dear friend Bajat Sharif. Nice to see you. 
Nice to see you, Bruce, as always. <laughs> this is great. I walk in a neon and here's Bajat. And he says, sit down, have a pizza. Exactly. <laughs> you, you are my first call when I come back to Rhode Island. Well, I am so flattered and uh, so excited to be here to think about and to talk about these amazing food options and these new food uh, pathways that you are forging here in Nia. Yes, yes, thank you. And I will tell you, this is so unique and so different. And we are honestly, you know, like you said, we're forging a new path for food to disrupt the entire world, how the people think of food at a convenience store. That's it. I mean, you walk in and uh, look, it is convenient as all get out. You're right here on the way to everywhere. And uh, you walk in the door and here's this amazing pizza. And here's an amazing iced coffee. And here's a, uh, a milkshake and uh, some iced tea with mango and all kinds of amazing things. Well, see, that's not what, you know, everybody thinks that a place like this may have it. And we're upping the antes. We're really, really raising the bar as to what you expect. We want it to be a destination for everybody to feel good, get a great food on their morning commute or afternoon commute, get away in the afternoon and sit down here for a cup of coffee alone, read the paper, catch up on emails, catch up on social media. You know, this is going to be the place to, to, to be. And, you know, with our growth plan, we're going to be in many, many towns throughout New England. And, um, you know, and I think, I think folks will start to really have an appreciation for great food, given our team, Elise and her team, that's spending days and nights and months developing wonderful product that we all really, truly appreciate and feel good about. Well, the food side is really something amazing because, as we know, we're we're coming back out of uh, something that we never thought we'd go through for the past two years, and we are going back to some habits that we had, but we're really starting some new ones now as well and part of it is you know we know and recognize how valuable our time is so the idea of coming to a place with convenience in its name you know that's going to be a real uh, more efficient use of our time but we still want what we want we don't want any shortchanging in quality because we had to do without for so long exactly so this is like i come in here in the morning almost every morning before i go to the office and i get like today i got a cheese sandwich for breakfast I got a, my favorite latte. I filled up my car in gas all at the same time. Within seven, eight minutes, I was in and out of here, back to the office. But you didn't have to make an extra stop for your for your favorite latte. Exactly. exactly. So it's all in one place. And I say hello to wonderful people. And I'm already getting to know a lot of regulars that come here. All right, which is really, really exceptional. And you know, and this is a beautiful building. All right, beautiful building, big build out. You know, all this. Subway tiles, you got a brick oven pizzeria right in the middle middle of the place. You have a nice woodwork, millwork, and we're adding quality beverages and, and, and thing for everybody. And for everybody to come in and enjoy a little getaway for a few minutes, like we are sitting here today, all right? We're just having at a table, and it's a nice cafe table, uh, it brightly lit and clean and uh, modern, and it's very comfortable here. Exactly. Well, that's exactly what we want people to feel, and they should you know, really give it us a try. Let's see how they feel. And you know, and this is a true startup right. in Rhode Island, in the heart of Rhode Island. Right. All right, in the heart of Rhode Island. And I know we will look back years from today and laugh about this, all right? You know, we have four locations now. We're opening three more this year. We're opening seven to 10 more next year. This, you know, our goal is to put it on every corner in New England. And, you know, and I've lived in Rhode Island for a very, very, very long time. And we've had some amazing brands start in Rhode Island. And we're all banking on one more great brand to be really, really grow tremendously out of Rhode Island. Well, it is uh, really an amazing thing. And hey, if uh, we can pave the way with pizza, we're well on our way here. Where is Neon located as of right now? So we have our two express stores in Middletown and Portsmouth, Rhode Island. And then we have one in, C in Warwick where we're sitting here today. And then we have one in Seekonk, Mass, right outside of East Providence. And then we have three more opening this year, so I'll tell you where it is. We have not shared that with everybody, but I know banners. Don't tell anybody. But banners went up already, so now I can tell you. Okay. Uh, so we're opening our next store in July in the Freetown, Mass, off of 24. And then we're opening Kinsley and Providence, just on the other side of Federal Hill. Excellent. Uh, later this year. And then Quincy, Mass, South Shore, also later this year. Fantastic locations. Boy, this is uh, really going to be great. So watch for Neon and come on in and try the food. 
uh, you're really going to be uh, impressed. And you're going to say, you're never going to believe where I got this great food. But it's Neon Marketplace. And uh, we're so happy to be here with you, Bajat, and with you, Elise. And thanks very much for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for having us. We're just very proud of Neon and Team Neon, what they've accomplished in short time. Food dude, Bruce Newberry. Burlington Wine and Food is sold out. And as you make your way around the sessions, either one, you're going to meet some of the who's who of Vermont food and wine, just like it says, Burlington Wine and Food and beyond. Our guest to talk about Burlington Wine and Food, Sean Heyer from Bramble Restaurant in Essex at that great dining destination in Essex. Sean, nice to have you with us. Bruce, thanks so much for having me. Well, this is uh, fantastic, and you, your restaurant has been on so many lists, and it's on so many gotta-try lists as people get their way, uh, make their way out, and so forth. Bramble is uh, one of the newer places. When did you all open? You know, we, we, we just opened recently. It was a April 14th, I believe, was yeah. our actual opening day. Um, we've been so lucky and so grateful. The community has embraced us, our neighbors have been so kind. Uh, the guests that come in have been, you know, very gracious to us. You know, opening a restaurant is 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 never easy. You never really, you know, you you plan for all possible scenarios, and as soon as you open the door, you know, scenario number one hundred and one that you didn't plan for <laughs> happens. And so, um, you, you know, again, we're 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 just so grateful, not only for our local community but our, our business community and and then you know and then our, our restaurant cohorts around town that have really um you know been been so nice to us in the in the press and in the media well you certainly have been getting a whole bunch of love from a whole bunch of different sources no doubt bramble is in the essex experience and essex is becoming just this this restaurant row it is uh, unbelievable so you're really taking your place among a, a select group it's uh, the bar is raised pretty high uh tell uh, tell us a little bit about bramble the philosophy maybe a signature dish and uh, whether any of sure. that has changed in the couple of months since you all opened the doors Sure. I mean, you know, first off, you know, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head with the Essex experience and, and the community that's that's going on here in our campus. Uh, you know, again, um, you know, part of our success should be shared by, you know, uh, Peter Edelman, who is the visionary behind the Essex experience and the owner, uh, but also our our neighbors. I mean, we've got black flannel across the street. We've got salt and bubbles around the corner. We've got peace of mind Pilates. We've got, you know, the magic man and, and everything that they're doing and, you know, the purple sage and the spa um, and then the Essex resort right down the street. So, you know, it's not just us. I mean, we feel um, that part of our launch and or our successful launch, at least thus far is, is definitely due in part to creating a, a vibrant community of music, art, food, um, that, you know, we're, we're just really grateful and, and lucky to be a part of. Yeah. And particularly the food and you come at it from the wine viewpoint. I mean, Colleen's the chef, you're the wine guy. It's a match, right? And I, I think it's a definite compliment to the experience there, the Essex experience, if you will. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's funny, you know, Colleen and I definitely do compliment each other. You know, we, um, I'm, 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 I, I married up for sure. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it, but you know, we've both been in the business a long time and we both come about it honestly. And yeah, I come, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a wine guy for sure. You know, I'm sommelier by trade, but I really came up behind the bar. I was very lucky to be part of, you know, what is now this, you know, American classic cocktail movement um you know when i was a bartender young bartender in the in the 90s and in in early 2000s in san francisco you know we didn't have the internet we didn't know what a tincture was we didn't know you know no, we, we smuggled absinthe in from the czech republic um ah. illegally because <laughs> you couldn't get it in the united states um and colleen you know she came up in in those in those same restaurants in in san francisco i mean her roots you know are here um but she, you know, as a young uh, woman and cook um, in, in San Francisco and playing with the big boys, 
um, you, you know, she's she's been exposed to quite an array of, of foods and styles. And, you know, you talk about us complimenting each other. For me, wine, like when I really got into wine was when I had that aha moment that the, the masterminds behind the wine, they're just farmers. And yeah. that's what, like, that's what, you know, that's what removed the mystique of wine for me. And I really delved into it. I got to go and walk the vineyards in Napa and walk the vineyards in Provence and Burgundy and, you know, and in the Rivo del Duero in Spain. And, you know, I see these old guys, fourth, fifth generation, you know, dirt under their fingernails and walking around in their, you know, muck boots and their hunters. I was like, you know what? This is like home for me. (laughs) It's true. Now, both of you are from Vermont. Uh, I I actually grew up in upstate New York um, and spent, you know, a lot of my adolescence here. Uh, this has been my, you know, adopted home for a long time. Um, you know, I have lots of family here. Most of my family has left New York and, and, and resettled in Vermont. You know, I've got a sister in Charlotte, and a brother in Colchester, and yada, yada, yada. Nice. So, uh, and then and Colleen grew up in southern Vermont. Her parents owned an inn called Cooper Hill Inn right down near Mount Snow. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and she, she literally grew up, you know, cultivating the gardens and and the produce that, that they would cook for, you know, both in guests and, and family alike. So, Well, that'll be uh, some great news for folks who listen to us in Bennington, because uh, they'll remember that. And we just had the proprietor of the Blue Ben Diner in Bennington on with us last week. So uh, all of those, uh, all those kind of touchstones from, from Southern Vermont are coming back as well. So it's yeah. uh, so that's terrific. And uh, Bramble is just another of the newer places that's around in Essex. And uh, what would you say is uh, Bramble's signature dish? Do you agree that your signature sometimes is yours, but sometimes your guests are going to tell you what your signature dish is? Oh, for sure. You know, we don't have a white elephant on the menu yet, right? We haven't quite <laughs> gotten there yet, for sure. So, you know, but, it, but if there is one, you know, I'm going to say that it rings true to Colleen's culinary style of, you know, tugging at those uh, nostalgic hearts, heartstrings, and it's um, it's the uh, uh, rhubarb uh, rhubarb cake that we serve for dessert. Oh yeah! So it's just a, a very simple rhubarb cake. It comes from you know Marilyn Marilyn Hunt, Colleen's mom. It comes from you know her recipe from you know 35, 40 years ago, and 20 years ago, and 15 years ago, and that they would serve at the inn. And um, it's just as as simple and delicious uh, as it was then as it is today. So a rhubarb cake with a little creme fraiche and dusted with a little uh, hibiscus dust. Oh, so, man, sounds um, good. Sounds yeah, good. But, but, but I, think we're go, onto go a, I think we're onto a theme here, Sean, because uh, you were telling me that you're going to be serving at Burlington Wine and Food a little sweet, a little dessert course. Uh, nice yeah, we took nice lane to go course. in. That's great. Yeah, we took the sweet route. I mean, you know, here at Bramble, so, you know, we say that, you know, our dishes are, are micro-seasonal, right? We like to be involved from the seat up. Um, we say that, you know, we are as local and fresh as possible. So our, our menu is constantly changing, you know, sometimes every single day, um, you know, depending on what's coming from the, from the, produ- from the farmers and our, and our partners and producers. But um, and then we have this very large, uh, uh, prominent piece in the middle of our dining room, which is this custom-built wood-fired oven. So we like to say that most of our dishes are are kissed by wood fire or smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and we couldn't really figure out how to translate that out at the festival and and not and and not uh, lose its integrity. You know, sure. we didn't want to start a fire indoors. Yeah. So um, so you know, so we decided to go the sweet route. We think. You know our our desserts have been have been very well received, and Colleen loves making them. And you know we worked really closely with Mike and Tracy to kind of take a look at the wine lineup, and we wanted to make sure that whatever we were serving was going to help complement uh, the wines that were being serving, so or that were being served. So um, so we thought this was a good wrap. All right. So tell us what you're going to be serving. Sure. So we're going to do a little uh, uh, a Bing cherry cremeux so cremeux is you know kind of like a sort of like a semi-fredo it's um 
It's a it's frozen like a, dessert. It's not, like a grown-up creamy. Exactly. Yeah, it's a grown-up. Yeah, it's a creamy for adults. Yeah, for sure. Um, right now on the on the restaurant menu, we have a tropical cremeau. Uh, so we're going to do one of those. Uh, pairs really well with with a lot of different styles of wine. Um, and then we're also going to do a um, a little bit more on the savory and a little bit more uh, Vermont style. Just this really beautiful little piece of brioche with a Vermont creamery triple cream cheese, um, some of our wood roasted apricots, and then a, a drizzle of honey from Pollinator Norse honey. Mm. Um, that's got a little, you know, a little creamy, little um, little seasonal, a little smoke, a little char in there. Yeah, yeah. And then for the the third trio, uh, it's just this beautiful little uh, little Meyer lemon bar. Oh. So um, you know, nothing says says summertime like a like a Meyer lemon bar. Oh so. man, that sounds great. What wine do you pair with that brioche and the cream and the apricot though? Is that Oh uh, man, you could go you could go in so many different directions. You could. So, I mean champagne you know, will I, work, but I mean I'm thinking like a Riesling would work. Sure, Riesling would be great, you know, a nice Spätlese or something yes. that's you know a little off little off dry. Yeah. That would be really fun. Also a Viognier would go really well. Yes. I really very like Viognier floral. Those, there you go. Those, yep, with those triple creams. And then also, I mean, if you ever spend any time in Spain, uh Chocolate would work really well. So Chocolate is just this light, crisp white. It's almost effervescent. Mm-hmm. Uh Mike and I were just talking about this yesterday, actually. We're Huge chocolatey fans, and uh, uh, it, you know they drink it for breakfast in Spain. So, uh, <laughs> chocolatey and cheese doesn't get any better than that. That's it. That's it. Oh man, what an interesting way to kind of end up, or maybe take a little pause during your wandering around at either session at Burlington Wine and Food. Now, are those items on your menu usually, or might we see them, Sean, at Bramble? Um, you, you might, you might see them. So cherry season is just coming into its own. So the, you know, the cherries from uh, central California or, or northern central California from Lodi and stuff, they're, they're really beautiful right now. But, you know, a lot of the cherries from the Midwest and from the Pacific Northwest aren't quite in season yet. Mm-hmm. And when, once they do, once they do, um, you, you know, then, you know, it becomes a, a little bit more affordable to, to make them into the larger batches. So, you know, we try to use ingredients uh, when they should be used. I mean, we have that that old school, you know, European uh, sensibility or, or, or sense of place where, you know, it's about using the ingredients at, at the right time and, and treating them with the respect that they deserve. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the cherry cremeau could easily be there. Um, yeah, the lemon bar, I mean, that could always find its way onto the menu. Who knows? Our menu's uh, uh, a little bit of a roll of the dice these days. Gotcha. No, I hear you. That's great. Well, we're so looking forward to seeing you, and I know you're going to make lots of friends at Burlington Wine and Food. And just for those who don't know, where is Bramble? So, Bramble, we are in the Essex experience. And when are you open, Sean? Currently, so we're just expanding our hours a little bit. So, you know, we're, we're again, we've been very lucky. Um, Currently, we are open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for dinner. Wahoo for being open Monday for dinner. Right. Not a lot of places are. So, yeah. um, and then and then we're open Sunday for lunch. So we're calling it lunch, but we definitely have you know some some brunch items on there as well. We've got this really beautiful um, smoked salmon and bellini. Mm. We do you know a brunch caviar service. Uh, last week we did you know, a, a, a Vermont pork shoulder a hash with a couple of local poached farm fresh eggs. And so while we're not a breakfast spot, we're, we're definitely catering to that, to that brunch crowd for sure. Sounds great. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you at Burlington Wine and Food and beyond at Bramble. Sean Heyer, thanks very, very much for being with us as we get ready for Burlington Wine and Food next weekend. Thanks very, very much. All the best. I'm dining out with the food dude, Bruce Newbery. We are here in the mini factory here in Bristol with V Smiley. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. It is so great to be here. We've heard so much about what you've been up to and you got the place open here. How long have you been open? We opened at the very end of March. 
of 2022. Wow. So, uh, so we're going on four months. Yeah. Yeah. And um, every week's a little bit different. We're figuring it out and um, figuring out what people love. This week was a big week for savory yogurt. Savory yogurt. Savory yogurt. Um, and With what? Okay. So we make a lot of yogurt in-house and we do a sweet yogurt and a savory yogurt. And the savory one has this beautiful, it's basically labna. So really thin thick strained yogurt and then I make what I call salsa uh, rosa so that's with um, habanero and lime and red onion and then it's braised greens so that's all of our herb scraps and all the greens that we get in and crispy lentils and a poached egg on top with za'atar and uh, uh, olive oil. There's a lot going on in there. So every every dish might have like too too many elements. What you were telling me as we're sitting here at your table uh, in your cafe, you were telling me that, you know, your dishes have numerous elements in them. And sometimes that dynamic doesn't lend itself to fast. Yeah, I um, we definitely do everything here to go because it's super important. People we live right next. We're right, we're located next door to a school. Um, and so people come and go. And so we do offer to go. But um, yeah, my dishes tend to have a couple extra items that I think help make it really special. And that means that our food's a little bit slower. So definitely think of us as as more slow food. Right, there you go. But you're not going to have to spend a lot of time here. We'll get you on your way, and we understand the value of your time. Tell us one or two of your signature dishes, V. Um, well, okay, so signature dishes, I would say the biscuit sammy. You know, the biscuit is the heart of the menu here um, because it's so lovely with all the preserves that we produce because the parent behind Mini Factory is V. Smiley Preserve. Yes, we'll get to them in a minute. Okay, so... That company's been around for a while. We make honey sweetened jam. And so the biscuit's just a great um, template for showing off the preserves. And then we do a biscuit sammy with ham and egg and the peach tomato pepper jam that we make, pimento cheese. It's super juicy. So that's, we sell so many biscuit sandwiches and we make hundreds of biscuits a week. So, and then the other item that we do a lot of is the salad and it's just packed full of fresh herbs and avocado and uh, vinaigrette that I make with preserved lemons. Um, I have just buckets and buckets of preserved lemons that I made um, during the winter with Meyer lemons. And so our vinaigrette is made with that. I was surprised when I asked about signature dishes that you just didn't start with your preserve line because you're so right. I mean, that's where it all started for you and a a bit of a hike from Bristol, Vermont. Yeah, so I grew up um, nine minute drive away from here in New Haven, Um, but I started the company when I was uh, line cooking out on the West Coast. I was in Seattle. I was working for um, a chef named Renee Erickson And I started the jam business out there knowing that I wanted to move back to Vermont and eventually open a restaurant. And I wanted to build a place that was both a destination and super community focused and community rooted. And I felt like the best way to do that was to start something um, that had a connection to a city and to a bigger market. And that one day when I did open, the folks that helped me get going out in the West Coast would feel connected to this business. And um, and in a lot of ways, that's really worked out. Um, I really saw that come to fruition last year when we had a really lovely write-up in the Seattle Times, in the Sunday Seattle Times. So um, Seattle lives on, definitely, for sure. In for sure. Yeah. What was the first preserve? I learned to make jam from a jam maker named Rachel Saunders, who wrote a couple... Um, really big comprehensive books uh blue the the blue chair jam cookbook so honestly my you know i started out just making her recipes i basically learned to make jam by cooking through her cookbook and then i adapted every recipe i could into honey format from sugar format um but over time probably now we're most known for lavender blackberry rhubarb and um our smoky spicy heirloom tomato jam wow and they go great on which biscuit? The tomato jam we actually haven't put on the biscuit yet here. We usually sell out of it um, in the spring. Um, we, but if I were, what I, I love to eat the smoky spicy heirloom tomato with just some like griddled um, or some skillet potatoes and just an egg. Um, that's a great breakfast, maybe with some scallions on top. 
Um, and the lavender blackberry rhubarb is really delicious with like a fudgy like cow milk cheese. I love it with the Gray Barn Farm Eidolon cheese. Um, but uh, we have been serving that in a biscuit. And uh, just that like little bit of lavender, it just brings out the sort of brambly quality of the blackberries. Fantastic. Uh, it's so great to be here and to hear you talk and to see everything that is uh, that is going on in the shelves full of preserves and jams and everything. How many do you have all together? Yeah, I, at, at its height, the, the number of SKUs uh, ballooned up to about 45. But at this point, um, but that's what we make over the course of a year. And every year is really different, you know, because a lot of the time, you know, like a certain variety of gooseberry won't come through or the... The Northeast Apricot Harvest is a, is a flop. Um, so a lot of that variety is about being able to kind of um, catch whatever kind of comes our way. So, um, but mostly we make a core set of about seven flavors and that's what we wholesale. Um, and they're very popular kind of easygoing flavors. So we make like Montmorency cherry and September plum. We make um, cherry rose hip hibiscus jam. Um, we make uh, strawberry Italian plum and rose water and strawberry black currant and rosemary. Those are things that we make a lot of. Is uh, this year going to be a big year for rhubarb? It was a big year for rhubarb. Might, might we see a lot of rhubarb on that shelf in the right. coming months? We're on the tail end of the rhubarb season, and uh, but the nice thing about having the storefront space here at Mini Factory was that we just have more interaction with people in our community and so we were able to kind of get a lot more local rhubarb than we ever have before yeah that's great uh so what are you thinking about for this weekend on the menu here at mini factory i think we're going to bring back a potato dish a, pa- a potato and sausage dish so i make this savory preserve that's uh, cherry fennel sherry and it's toasted fennel we use burlap and barrel spices um, so it's sour cherries and cherry vinegar Anyway, that preserve is so good with mustard. And um, so I love to do like uh, smashed potatoes that are that are crisped up in butter. And then we serve it on, on a, just a little bit of that like really tart, savory cherry jam. And then I drizzle it with a little bit of a mustard vinaigrette. And then you just put like a soft fried or poached egg on top. And it's really simple and really delicious and filling. Sounds great. Sounds really great. So we might see that on your menu board this weekend. Yes. Yep. Yep. We have the potatoes. We have the potatoes. <laughs> Fantastic. It, it, uh, it must be exciting and rewarding and challenging all at the same time to cook that seasonally and to, to just react and build a menu around what might be coming in. Uh, is, it, is it more challenging than rewarding? Do you find yourself kind of on the edge a little bit? Well, I think a lot of people, I think, you know, it's, it's often cooks are a little bit restless and I, I, I don't actually identify as a restless person, but I keep, I keep, I, I, the whole matrix of both having things on the menu that never go away and also having things that are constantly changing is just such a mystifying thing because both are so important. I constantly feel like people are getting bored. Um, but also I know people like be able to count on the same thing so that's going to be a real journey kind of understanding that but um i love to cook around um kind of clean up essentially like oh i have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and i gotta make this work i'm not i cannot throw it away i don't want to throw it away so what are we gonna make um i love you know i i used to work for this artist named andrea zatel and she did this project about it's called these things i know for sure and one of the things that you can know for sure is that limitations beget creativity so it's nice to have actually constrictions it's actually it's very helpful so i hear what you're saying though because we i mean we like to eat the same things we like to know that there are are regular items on a menu that oh we can count on the biscuit as you say that there's always biscuits here there's always biscuits the biscuit sammy is always going to be here and i think even just the biscuit sammy changed um a bunch over the first month and a half but i feel like now it's really dialed in um, one of the, th- the cool things about the Biscuit Sammy is it always has this briny vegetable element. So that's one of the ways that, because we sell groceries and cheese and things for cheese boards here and, and local meat, um, you know, we all have like a bunch of radishes left over after a week of sales. And so I just pickle those up and then they end up on the Biscuit Sammy. Um, and um, it just ends, it adds this nice tart element to what is a pretty rich and filling sandwich. 
The food scene around here, like within a few miles of where we're sitting, is just so vibrant right now. Vermont is such an incredible place for local food, um, especially like the products that are made here. Um, I mean, you notice it the minute you get here. There's so many farm stands. Um, there's just so much accessibility, and it's not necessarily something that's just for people who have money. Um, and I think I love here that we, um, as a culture in the state, just are so proud of our local food, our local food producers. And that's one of the reasons that I opened Mini Factory was that it's a great chance to celebrate, take part in, and sort of um, support all those folks. Fantastic. Tell us when you're open. We are open Friday through Tuesday. And the only day that we close early is Sunday because it gets a little sleepy on Sunday. But generally, we're open until 5.30. Um, but check back often. Our hours are going to be expanding a lot, especially as we bring on this exciting new pastry chef. Oh, yes, you have an exciting pastry chef. Yes, she's about to walk in the door right now. Wow, how, how's that for, uh, for right on cue? That's fantastic. Yeah, so we're going to keep experimenting with things and trying things out. And, um, yeah, so check back on the hours. and Because our goal is to be open for dinner. That's sort of my first love is cooking dinner. So. Um, this, we'll wait to see that. Yeah, I mean, this is an uh, this space has been open for over 40 years, almost continuously, and so we're just the latest owner. Um, and every person who's been here has done a slightly different thing, um, and we definitely want to maintain like the relationship to what this place has been. And a huge part of that identity is bake, baking and being a daytime spot. But um, we uh, we also want to kind of hang out a little bit in the evening. It sounds good to me. And uh, just in case someone doesn't know, where are we? Where are we sitting here? Yeah, we are smack dab right in the middle of Bristol. We are a two-store front space located at 16 Main Street in Bristol, Vermont. Right in the heart. And uh, it's just uh, so, so rewarding to come in here and so fun to be able to see what's going on. You look around and you smell great smells and uh it is a food destination for sure and uh, we're so happy to be able to spend some time with you here today v smiley you have to tell us v why v where does v come from yeah so it's june it's pride month i'm queer queer owned business um yeah so i think in my early 20s i i started sort of identifying as genderqueer and now I'm sort of more ambivalent but yeah V is just a it's just a good name it's a good fit for me and I've been called V since I was a kid so that's great I'm V Smiley you are V Smiley and uh, we're so glad to uh, be able to spend some time with you thank you very much for having us today all the best Bruce Newberry the food dude in the outback at the one and only Spank Puppy. The only Outback left in Vermont. The one and only Outback with the one and only Ted Tomlinson. Not Ted to Tomlinson. be confused with the trademark right. Outback. Oh no, completely right. different. Exactly. Which is funny because I don't know if I've ever if I've ever brought this up that this is all from Outback Steakhouse. We've talked about this. Well, yes. so but we it works ran, really well. We ran out of to-go bags on Saturday. And we look in the garage, and there's stacks of to-go bags. They're from Outback Steakhouse. They're written right on it. Now, the cheap the cheap restaurant stingy part of me says, oh, let's send it. Yeah, we'll, we'll just send it right out. Waste not, want So if you come here, and you get some to-go food, and it has Outback in it, if you don't like it, that's the Outback that doesn't go here anymore. <laughs> And if you do like it, then you got it in the outback. Well, the way I look at it is, you were the survivor. Yes. They left town, and uh, I'm the it's, survivor it's right now. It's, it's your legacy <laughs> to move forward with. We love them. They've moved on. They were here a lot longer than I was. And oh no, you'll be here longer than that. I have great faith. Yes. This is this is the Simpsons bet. The famous. This is the worst day of my life. So far. Yeah. Thirty years. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And now, but this is a beautiful space. It's summertime. It's nice. It's had an insane lunch. Burger was phenomenal. Burgers were amazing. Live entertainment. Yeah. Right here, in the heart of Colchester. Where are you gonna find them? So this is the moment where we all get a little stressed, you know, because. We all talk about summer. Outback, the kitchen stays the same size. Right. We triple our occupancy, and it doesn't get any cooler in that kitchen. 
And this is when the staff... Well, they can they can get a little... They feel it. Yes. <laughs> they're always hardworking people, but they're turning out phenomenal food. They really are. And the creativity is right there in the midst of all of this that we just described. <laughs> I had hot food. We're rolling out. You delivered. You sat down food. for That's probably the first time. You yeah. sat down for I've a hot meal. Karen, That's true. Karen. First of all, it's the longest I've sat down for a minute. And I got hot food. Yeah. And what yeah. you had was remarkable. And it was a new invention. They did it. I can't take any credit for this. They did a chicken parm sandwich. So it's a fried chicken sandwich with uh, mozzarella sticks on top. And, and cut, uh, a chicken cutlet. Yeah. Right? Breaded chicken cutlet topped with mozzarella sticks with marinara over yep. the whole thing on a toasted bun. <sighs> What, what do you call this? You must call it something. We don't have a name for it. Well, hold on. Who's the cook that invented it? You're Anthony Neary. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. If we're going to sell something, That's true. Jason is not, neither yeah. is Ted, by the way. It's not, oh. you can't call okay. it the Ted sandwich. The Ted sandwich sounds boring. Well, you could call boring. it the Teodoro. Yeah, that's kind of nice, right? too. But who's the, who, one of your cooks invented it. Jason, goes, we'll give it to Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason says, here, try this. It makes perfect sense to me. I'm Italian, and I've grown up making a million chicken parms. But this, this solves the problem of the cheese oozing out of the side of the bread. It's brilliant. Yeah. It it's did. absolutely brilliant. Ian, I, truth, I, I did fight him when we were writing the menu. To me, I thought it was going to be too much breading. But it wasn't. It was, it was absolutely. Well, the other thing, you and I don't, I don't eat a lot of breaded food. I try cutlet. to stay away. It's, it's thin, it's pounded, so it's tender. Then it's hand breaded. It's the real deal. It's not, you know, out of the bag, into the fryer, on the bun. Yes. The, the, you start or maybe with, it is, and I just sold you a line. <laughs> they don't need to know that. Please. <laughs> now they do. We give so all the secrets it. away so, here. So when you come into the Spank Puppy on the, for lunch, order yourself a Teodoro. And nobody's going to know what it is, right. so you're going to get a burger. You want the chicken parm with the mozzarella sticks. With the mozzarella sticks. sticks. Yeah. It's ingenious. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, uh, But we are here today on the uh, eve of Father's Day to honor... One of the great fathers, the father of the year. This is your first Father's Day. John Garrett. Oh. No, that's you. are talking you. to me. <laughs> Not the father of the year. It's your first Father's Day. That's kind of cool. Which I'll spend by working and have my son <laughs> be, so I being watched. <laughs> but it, but there's a new sense of motivation. Yeah, now i got to pay some bills. <laughs> right, right. There, there is, there's, it's your first Father's Day of many. And uh, he's a good kid. He's a great kid. He's he was on the air my, with us. My submission to the Father Year is our main brunch cook, who I, we've talked about this a lot before. When he first took over, obviously business went up, not because anything to do with us, but you know bills go up, so you know we got to start increasing. And he was the main brunch cook has been forty years, I think, both at his own catering company and you know, brunch and everything. And uh, I called him as a favor. He had a full-time delivery job. He didn't want to do cooking anymore. And I was like, I need your help. I've known him forever. His, his wife is half his, his wife is my age. And I'm not going to say he is twice her age, but she is half his age. Wait Maybe that's, pr- uh, <laughs> try to do some fuzzy numbers here. <clears throat> so anyway, so he's, he's an old soul and he, he really carried us through some, he has, Five boys with his wife, all about ten months apart. Yes. And they are rambunctious boys. They are strong, strapping boys. And then I, from a previous relationship, I think he has another few. I don't want to get into that. Few. Well, I'll say few, because I, I know this side. I'm not going to bring the other side. So he asked for Father's Day off. Well, I, I think, think he gets it, right? Kind Doesn't he get it? He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna need to spend a lot. Of, he's gonna need a lot of time to open all those presents. One would think. They played cello. All these no, uh, so no. His sons, his sons played cello. Uh, one of them does a violin. They're all in sports. They're all um, in like uh, I don't know what the terminology is, but they're academic plus or whatever. Like they get honors or oh, something. Oh yeah, like that. yeah. But they're young. I mean, they're. I think the oldest might be 16 or so. I mean, there's... Well, they're all high flyers. All in private school, by the way. Listen to this. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the father of the year. Okay. Because I whine when I have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Or 7 o'clock in the morning, perhaps, Anthony. Well, I have to tell you. <laughs> we all did that. 
mean, I'm not a father, but when we're doing it live, show. yeah, and 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 uh, and you were a great father. I witnessed it when we were on the air together. So far, yeah, you were great. <laughs> there, I, you know, I was like, let's just see how Ted handles this. So. Not okay. well, by the way. No, you handled it You very saw well. the back end. Yeah, but the priority was your son. <laughs> exactly. You didn't so, leave him underneath the console screaming. You didn't leave him out in the car. I know, I know I people that would have been under the, the console with screaming. The window, but he wasn't. But he wasn't. I loved it. I could hear his little voice. I'm like, that must be Teddy's son. I, that, I, I'm I like, heard it. That's the best. Like, I like that. I heard it myself. And I'm like, what is that? Griffin's hanging out with us. Yeah. And, and, that was and, awesome. And, and Ted's like, well, I'm going to take a walk. I'll be back. I'm like, yeah, no worries. It's all good. And he's a sweetheart. Because the other thing, too, is he is going to be his... He, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yes. He's going to be his father. Broke son. just like me. Perfect. No, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's socially very well adapted. He's always got a big smile on his face. Always, yes. Always. Self-defense. Yeah. And, and he's content. He loves meeting new people. Absolutely which I think does. is important, too. Yes. If you're going to be a successful restaurateur... Uh, you you have to you have to enjoy the idea of meeting new people, inviting them into your space. You built a beautiful space behind the spank puppy, taking it to the next level, and and I think that it kind of all comes together on Father's Day without sounding too cheesy. No, I don't want to be successful. This segment is sponsored by Cabbage. <laughs> yeah, I, was, <laughs> I know. And everybody thought they were going to listen to food. Uh, we had food instead of <laughs> we successful. Generally, on these things, we veer off and we don't. <laughs> We, we don't get to talk no, about enough food, off, but today, off. today we talked about some great food because the food was great here at the Spank Pup. Here's what I, my big question is, you're in the industry, you're in the industry. Successful, I think right now, is kind of a pipe dream. Fair to Midland, and I'm not trying to be funny, but the cost of what's going on right now, the horror stories that I'm getting that's coming in, and it's not an easy ride mm. right now. It's true. I don't know what everybody else, how, how they're dealing with it. My first thought would be if you invest for the long run, not in money, but maybe in people or relationships or something. You brought up a good point. Thank you for Outback and our Outback or whatever. Uh, I think there's a lot of places that maybe invested differently. Yes. No, that's true. Maybe that, and I don't know how to say this because well, they judge invest. not that you be not judged. You know what I mean? But this business, like a lot of other businesses, got to be a short-term business. There, there was not once upon a time it wasn't. But for better or for worse, like a lot of other businesses, the short-term gain was what was the the goal, and so people put whatever in to get the short-term goal back, and. It came home to roost over the past two years. All of a sudden, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, people get treated badly. And there were some, what we call euphemistically, unsustainable business practices that went on. I like that term, unsustainable business practices. I do believe that you're right. It, it, right now, success is not judged uh, by money. I think that as you ferry through this and we come out of the pandemic and now we're into a whole new host of challenges, you find yourself relying on and stopping and taking care of the people who are on the journey with you. Yes. It really is a long-term relationship. You see you see kids that started you know, here maybe as entry level as busers and dishwashers. You get them addicted to the industry them. and well, but you they got to pay the price. <laughs> it's not only it's not only they show up to cook or they show up to do what they got to do, but if they don't show up, you're you're probably more concerned about their well-being yeah. than oh, your own well-being. Sure. And it becomes it really resonates. And then when you look around the spank puppy, you see people, you see faces that have been here for a very long time. Right. Food Dude Radio from the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. We're here at the Wayberry Inn. And the great outdoors is just that. The deck, the terrace, the patio. Amazing at sunset time. And that's just when we get going. Four to eight, Wednesday through Sunday for dinner. The amazing dinner menu with the classic Wayberry signature dishes. The mushroom wellington and the amazing steaks and the scallops. Christian does a scallop here that you read about and you will just love it the tavern menu for something casual santa fe salad the route 125 burger with the local beef everything's great and the setting is even better so come and set 
4 to 8 Wednesday through Sunday, and we've got great entertainment now two nights a week. We have Guitar Stylings on Thursday night and the great Rick Hawley on Friday nights providing piano ambiance. And people come around. I'll tell you, the best seat in the house is right next to the music. So come and be part of it this summer at the Wayberry Inn. Call for reservation, 802-388-4015. In the Outback at the one and only Spank Puppy. When you look around the Spank Puppy, you see people, you see faces that have been here for a very long time. Right. And you see a younger generation that gravitates here. Now here's the head scratch. This is the head scratch I'm dealing with right now. Obviously we here have some long-standing local business relationships, but especially in Vermont, the cost of doing business is sky high. Yes. Quality is always good for the vendors we deal with locally, but the price. So you eat eggs is a great example. Now we've had our egg distributor, we have a great relationship with, they give us good terms, good quality. Their costs are going up just, if not more than Meyer. Yeah. So now the cost of eggs for us is, it's actually a scary number. So, so do you buy, do you buy out of state from somebody that has a bigger scale? Foreign eggs? Who can no, we're not. Oh. This is the head scratcher no, question. But this is what, I, I think, think this is always interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's you the, have to survive. But a year ago, that relationship was the only place we could get eggs. Sure. So you honor that, right? Do you? And it's not right. just eggs. And I'm going to say, no, yes, oh, yeah. obviously. Everything, yeah. right? So the normal customer doesn't notice that you're paying more. They just notice that they're paying more. Yeah. Where, where do you move well, here true. and there? That's why everybody's got to be. Way bigger. I don't know how they're doing it because they got really well, in, a, in a lot of uh, In a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, uh, Vermont is saving Vermont because there is a vibrant local food scene and a growing scene that is far ahead of a lot of other places and that has mitigated things it hasn't made it perfect because vermont doesn't grow gasoline and it doesn't grow a lot of uh, other you know other things but the local and sustainable has sustained uh, a lot of business and a lot of consumers tamped it down a little bit as far it's as not supply as goes. bad it's not as bad the here supply as and the quality is here the downside of that system is we're all in the same market subject to the same taxes so first there's something that's a little spread out i never really thought about this until this just happened this kind of pandemic follow-through did the match game just start i did (laughs) i kind of feel like it did did. i actually know somebody who could change this (laughs) i like it Well, I do think that the beauty of us being um, in our own kind of microcosm in Vermont, we ferried through the pandemic with all, because we had we sourced locally. And but on the other get, end of that, yeah, that's we try to do the same. But now we're bumping up against the the other side of it. Now it is survival. a closed system. Yeah, right. And 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 it's survival. And and how do you survive? How do you balance that? And how do you say? How do you have those hard conversations and say, I want to continue sourcing locally, but I can't afford it. And, and the, we're going to have a lot more of those conversations, but I do think that the difference that you have here compared to a lot of other places is you have emotional investment, non, non-financial investment in crew oh, yeah. Yeah. and customers, and you have, you have the depth to lean when you need to lean and when you need to push, like so. you're coming into your season. I think you're going to find that those people are going to step up for you as you make sure. Right, here's my second for question for all your millions of listeners. Yes, <laughs> we're above five million. Six states and one Canadian province. Okay, we go. I hope that Canadian province is Nova Scotia. (laughs) Oh, British Columbia. (laughs) Speaking of Canada, I heard this the other day. This is one of my favorite facts. So, I think it's Hans or Hans Island. Have you heard about this? No. So it's right on the border between Greenland and uh, I think it's past Nova Scotia, PEI. Prince up, Edward up, Island? Uh, like well, up there. Up north, that way it's like is it Newfoundland the, and Labrador? Yeah, but we're, we're going up on the yeah. Canadian oh, side. Right. Okay, so there's this tiny island. It's not occupied. It's just 
an island. And so whenever they did the country territories, the line went right through it. Well, nobody oh, went there, right? nobody cared about it, it you know, whatever it is. You know. So all of a sudden, they start mapping it out, satellite pictures, whatever. So now it's a big joke between Denmark, who has claimed Greenland, and Canada, because they each have half of it. Now, to actually get who owns it resolved is like an act of the UN, and you gotta go through the whole thing. So, the, the Danish Navy will land, put their flag on it, and leave a, a bottle of schnapps, property of Denmark. So then every now and then the Canadian Navy comes and puts their flag, says property of Canada, takes the shops, leaves Canadian club. And it's been this big game back and forth since the 70s. Google it. It's, it's Hans Island. That's how you solve some problems, by the way. There we go. That's a little bit of tug-of-cheek. So I think in the koi pond, yes. we need an island. We do. And then we have, we have the... Uh, half. Cut in half. <laughs> And then we no, the issue is actually the road, and the Department of Transportation owns that side. <laughs> I was going to say, where's the... Uh, <laughs> that's the line up. Where's, like where's the line between Colchester and Essex? Where, maybe that's, oh, that's down there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Capulets so, and Montagues. You don't mess Secretary with that. Of transportation. <laughs> we'll get Joe Flynn here, and we'll put him on one side. And you can be on the other side, and you guys can it's exchange bottles. There you go. Then it's the not. DLC will get involved. Yes. Or whatever. Okay, yeah. so here's my... This is my second thought-provoking question, and this is for all restaurant people out there. I don't have an answer to this. In all my years, I've never heard an answer to this. This is just my brain burner for everybody in the industry. Okay. If you were to comp something, there's an issue. Okay? Yes. You have a low-cost, high-markup item. Okay? If there is an issue, do you comp that or get that out free? come in, do this, right? Because the cost is low, but the markup's big. So there's that. Or do you comp the high cost, low markup oh, item? That's a right? tough question. Okay, so the freebie could be, if you want if you want something for free to come check us out. The Bloomin' Onion's a great example of this. From, ironically, Outback or everywhere, you know, whatever. Never free. We don't have it here. I was no. gonna say, I don't but they give out, they give out free, free They give out free Bloomin' Onions everywhere. Because all well, it you, is, yeah, you could get like yeah, a little all cart. the time. Yes, that's right. So now it is a, it's an onion, it's an onion. I know what it is. All it is, yeah, right, see, so there's nothing the to it, but they sell it. If you go oh, in there to good. eat it for free. It's good. It doesn't, but if you were to buy it, it's 10 bucks. It costs them nothing, so it's the profit margin is here, right? right so if so you're giving out a freebie, do you give out the thing that costs you nothing, you know, whatever? Or do you want somebody to buy that? On the flip side, if somebody has an issue with their meal, do you keep the Bloomin' Onion on the tap, because there's the high markup there, and you comp the steak, which has no markup? Okay. I've never figured this one so out. So here's the deal. So the accountant would say, comp the one that costs you the most money so you can write it off. The marketing person would say comp the one that it has the highest perceived value so Which the is customer the feels it's the same like one. they That's the same one. The yeah. Well, not necessarily though. I've always wondered this about the, the freebies because you get that Well, if you want to use it to attract somebody then it's a different story. I think you're right. I think if you comp something that people really want They'll come into your location, and then you sell them the high profit margin item. Dude, but that's where I'm going with this: right. is you you gave away the free blooming onion, which has a markup of maybe eight dollars a whack. And if you gave the steak away, so they could eat four people in. But they eat the steak, and the steak only has a two dollar profit margin. I think it's about so what you just gave away. To spend. They're going to spend other. Money. And are they going to come back and spend? Because like you would give away all you can eat pizza night. Because people would come play games and stay and do the other right. stuff. So you had a mission with your freebie, which was to increase sales in another part of the business. Right. And I gave away the, the item that we made the least amount of money on to get the traffic in to, to, right. so to that's create your the thought. volume. Yeah. So, so, so from a marketing standpoint, but when you talk about impressing an existing customer there's a different it's different do you want to attract a new person coming in it's just a thing. it has nothing or, to do with here it's no i know a, that no, no, but from a restaurant it's standpoint it's, it's a good question because how do you actually some of the most successful businesses and restaurants it's happy customers are easy to deal with it's how do you yeah. turn around an unhappy customer yes. yes and i would think that 
in, in that scenario, the highest perceived value item that you give makes the customer feel like, okay, I had crappy french fries, but he comped me my steak. But if you give away the huge markup, you'd be giving away. And, and it's all in the perception, to Anthony's point. Are you, what is your goal? Do you want to, do you want to uh, turn the customer around? Because that customer is then going to go and spread the word and tell 10 people or 100 people what you did. And is that your, is that your goal? Uh, or is the goal to, uh, is the goal to bring in a smaller number of people who may be attracted yeah, we're getting by deep a, now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> who might be attracted by you know a little a little freebie. Bruce, pull us out, play us out, Bruce. Play us out. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a freebie event. It is Father's Every, Day weekend. It's it Father's, Father's Day, Day weekend. Day weekend. <laughs> so you get you must get something for free, other than the not here. Not, well, we're getting Jimmy Fallon for free. I guess. There you go. All right. <laughs> Well, by the time by the time we hear this, we already got Jimmy that Fallon. Was, for that free. was an interesting yeah, evening. Was it was night. a good entry. <laughs> it was a good night. It was the best night ever. With Jimmy there we go. <laughs> it was packed. It I'll was never packed. forget it. <laughs> and you are primed and ready to go for Father's Day. Yeah, brunch. I hope so. So it's there you go. Good. So be kind to, to dear old dad. You you realize now you're dear old dad. I knew I was an old dad when I picked my son up and I brought him downstairs. I set him down, and then I had to get ready for work, and I'm huffing to put my socks on. And my son's got his feet over his ears, <laughs> and I realized that's it. I'm out. I'm out. All down. He's licking his own ankles, and I'm breathing heavy to get my <laughs> socks on. That's dear old day. You've aged out. Good job, Papa son. Good job. Bruce Newberry. The food dude.